Welcome to Living Word Ministries with director and Bible teacher, Debbie Blank. Each week, Debbie examines current events through the lens of end times Bible prophecies. Please visit our website for information and past programs at livingwordministry.org. Now let's open our Bibles to focus on truths from God's Word with Debbie Blank. In flipping the channels recently, I ran into a late night TV comedy host who was discussing political events of the day. But there were no jokes, no funny banter, just political propaganda. What has happened to the genuine comedy we used to have with the Johnny Carsons and the Jay Delinos of the world? Comedy's been canceled, along with other forms of free speech, because it might offend someone. It's not politically correct according to somebody's standards, or they don't want to be blackballed by the cancel culture. That's why the Academy Awards will undoubtedly not have a host for the third year in a row. That's why Gina Carano, who was dropped recently by Disney's Lucas Films, because she said on her TikTok post, the current divided political climate is similar to Nazi Germany. Well, yes, it is very much so. What's wrong with making a statement like that? Isn't that part of our free speech where we can have an opinion and make it known? Well, she did, and she was canceled. Now, businesses like Disney or Facebook or other people will say that they are businesses, and therefore they can do what they want to do. But let a Christian business not hire a homosexual or someone that doesn't agree with their biblical stance, and they'll be sued. So we have a double standard that's going on. Churches are having to sue to open their doors. Religious nonprofits these days, they're being legally required to switch to churches rather than just nonprofits so that they can hire and serve according to their biblical standards. Boy, we are in a really strange time, not just a cancel culture, but people are trying to tell us what's right and wrong when they're making the rules as to what's right and wrong. That's a problem. They're trying to cancel our free speech if we act out or if we say anything because of this double standard. I mean, just go look at the impeachment hearings and the double standards that you see there. Friends, we can't allow this to happen. As we've already seen, if we let them cancel us or shame us or silence us for our political or our moral and just basically our everyday opinions, then our religious beliefs are right around the corner. As a matter of fact, they're already being canceled. I'm Debbie Blank. Today, we want to take back our voice. We have talked about this before, but then it was more of a cultural taking back. Today, we want to focus not only on our cultural taking back our voice, but on our religious taking back our voice, too, before we lose it altogether. And I'm co-host Jackie Sailors. Debbie mentioned actress Gina Carano, the one who was recently fired from a popular Disney Star Wars spinoff. Well, when this news broke, it quickly became the top story in the pop culture community. And what came next should be a top story for anyone who wants to stand up and take back their own voice from the current cancel culture. Gina spoke her mind and quickly paid a very big price. She was falsely smeared as anti-Semitic and abhorrent all over social media. Not only did Lucasfilms fire her, her talent agency dropped her, a lucrative contract for her character's action figure was canceled, and so were Disney's plans for her to star in her own spinoff series. 
But then there came some good news. A liberal writer came to her defense, saying in an essay that her post did not resemble anything anti-Semitic and compared her unfair treatment to the Hollywood blacklist of the 1950s. Next, a conservative media company quickly scooped her up to produce and star in her very own movie project, something she calls a dream come true. And while thousands of fans signed petitions in support of Gina, the hashtag CancelDisneyPlus was trending on Twitter. Gina's message to the rest of us is this. I am sending out a direct message of hope to everyone living in fear of cancellation by the totalitarian mob. I have only just begun using my voice, which is now freer than ever before, and I hope it inspires others to do the same. Are you living in fear of the totalitarian mob, or are you ready to be free again? As Gina put it, they can't cancel us if we don't let them. How can the Bible give us the wisdom and courage to take our voices back while we still can? I have no idea who this Gina is, what she looks like, what she does. But I read the story. And what you just quoted was really the impetus for this show today. That hit me. And I thought, we can't be canceled unless we let them cancel us. Now, there's always going to be consequences to speaking up and speaking out about our religious beliefs or our cultural beliefs, too. And by the way, when I say cultural, we just are speaking out for our rights to free speech and freedom of religion. So there shouldn't be consequences there, but there are where people are being shamed, they're being criticized and ridiculed, they're being intimidated, they're losing their jobs as she did over what they say, what they believe. I think what really blew me away was recently Bachelor host Chris Harrison stepped aside simply because he asked for grace for a contestant just to give her an opportunity to speak on her own behalf regarding a photograph of her at an antebellum plantation-themed fraternity formal in 2018. Then in the course of the discussion, he mentioned something about cancel culture. Why shouldn't we give people the opportunity to speak for themselves? And he basically was fired because of it. Not only that, but Boy, the apologies he's given on social media and on CNN. Why are we bending over backwards to apologize for something that wasn't wrong in the first place? We look at the woke mentality that we're experiencing these days, where businesses in the public arena are having to fall in line with certain belief systems. I couldn't believe numerous people that I saw on Facebook who were saying after the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl, quote, Tom Brady winning during Black History Month is so racist. Wait a minute. What are we talking about? It's not like he thought, well, it's Black History Month. I need to let someone who's of color win. Of course not. You do the best you can to win at anything. But they called it racist and nobody's calling them out for doing that. This one really got me recently when the Oregon Department of Education encouraged teachers to register for, quote, the Pathway to Math Equity microcourse. Well, that sounds fine until you realize that its purpose is to dismantle racism in mathematics. And their argument is, this is amazing, that white supremacy manifests itself in the focus on finding the right answer. What they're saying, in effect, is so racist because they're saying the blacks can't find the right answer. So therefore, it's right supremacy if you do find the right answer. In other words, blacks can't be mathematicians. Well, that's crazy. We have all kinds of black historical mathematicians who have done amazing things for our country. 
But you see, there's this mentality of cancel culture and of changing what we can say and what we can't say, of what we can do and what we can't do. I mean, it's the idea, too, of calling someone a she because she's dressed in clothes, but she might feel that she's a he. So we've offended them by saying that. It's almost like we have to keep our mouths shut or we're going to get ourselves in trouble. Well, when you talked about the racism in math, I I just kind of shook my head because my husband's favorite movie or one of his very favorite movies that he watches over and over again, whenever it's on, is Hidden Figures, about the black women who were instrumental in the development of our space program. And I'm truly critical in the development of our space program. That is so insulting for somebody to come up with that blacks can't do math. Is that what they're saying? And yet they call other people racists. When we're talking about these different social platforms, the social media platforms, and how many people are being deplatformed, they're having their platforms taken away. And so conservatives and people who are free speech advocates are fleeing to these other newer ones like Gab and Parler and so forth. And then those have been attacked and they have been deplatformed themselves or they've had their servers taken away. Andrew Torba is one of the examples of that from Gab. Gab was very popular, but what happened to him? Well, it's so interesting because we're seeing people take back their voice. You mentioned what Gina Carana had gone through. Well, Andrew Torba, same thing, as you say. He was deplatformed by dozens of service providers, including app stores and banks and hosting providers and email services even. And so he said, we have a new policy now at Gab. Until further notice, if you're not a Christian reporter or from a Christian media company, you're going to be ignored. All of the press statements will be published on our blog for a pagan propagandist to pick them. Well, that's a pretty bold statement. I mean, he's clearly standing up for Christian values, and he's not taking it lying down what they've done to him. Now, what's fascinating is the media has gone crazy over this issue. They're calling him violating their First Amendment rights. And I think, well, wait a minute, that's a little hypocritical. What about his First Amendment rights when he's canceled? And now he's canceling somebody and he's the bad guy, but he's taking back his voice. You look at John MacArthur and his church, Grace Community Church in California. Wow, they endured such criticism, lawsuits, fines by the state, simply because they wanted to meet. Now, we've talked about them before. They closed down during COVID as everybody else did. But when California was allowing people to riot and do other things without following protocol, they determined it was time for them to open, and they did. They took back their voice. John MacArthur said they didn't want us to meet. That's obvious. They just want to shut us down. But we're here to bring honor to the Lord. And you know what happened? The court in L.A. County They denied a request to close down the Grace Community Church. They took back their voice. You've mentioned other places. LifeSite News is someone whose YouTubes have been taken down. So they've taken back their voice and they have put on new opportunities on their website to put their YouTube videos, though they're not YouTube anymore, on their websites. I know there's lots of groups such as Prophecy Update who have been canceled by YouTube. So they have started placing their YouTubes on Rumble. You look at Jan Markell with Olive Tree Ministries, and she, as well as other Christian organizations, are losing their voice, not on Christian radio, fortunately, but on the internet. And so they're finding new venues. 
This could be a really good thing because it's causing us as Christians to stand up and see what's happening. The persecution isn't just against culture or what we believe politically, even though, boy, we're seeing so much cancel culture there. It's against our freedom of religion. It's against our voice to stand up for truth and for the Bible. And Christians are getting their voice and standing up now. I think it's interesting. In the case of Gab, I heard somebody last night who was an atheist. In fact, his language wasn't very good, but he was speaking of Gab and supporting Gab. And he said, you know, this Andrew Torba, he talks about Jesus, Jesus all the time. He says, you know what? That's fine. That doesn't bother me. That's not my cup of tea, but that's fine. But he said, this person cares about having people have a free voice. And he said, that's what I'm into. So he says, I support that guy, whether he's a Christian or not. Um, That's his belief. I have my own, but I'm really going to support Gab. So people who want to have freedom of speech, want to have their own voice, no matter what their political opinion or even their religious opinion, will, um, in purity of that belief, support these alternative um, media companies. I was thinking about when you go back to John MacArthur, and how he said that they needed to meet together. They did what they were supposed to do under the COVID plan and then realized that they were not being treated equally or fairly. And so they felt they had permission then to meet. And I thought of Hebrews 10.25. And that's the verse that says, Let us not neglect meeting together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another even more as you see the day of the Lord drawing near. Well, don't we see the day of the Lord drawing near just in these examples we've been given of the, how our country is really changing and our religious beliefs are being challenged. So it is the time to stand up and not neglect meeting together, but really encourage each other all the more. Absolutely. If we aren't willing to take back our voice on civil matters, then how are we going to have the strength to do it on biblical ones? Let's look at some biblical cases. One is Paul. He never backed down. I was fascinated as I read Acts 14 recently that when he was in Lydia, he was treated as a God because he healed somebody. They were trying to worship him. And of course, he wouldn't let them. But then it tells us in Acts 14, 19 and 20, that Jews came in from Antioch and Iconium and having won over the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing him to be dead. Well, what a horrible experience for Paul. You know what he did? Did he quit? Did he give up his voice? No. It says in the next verse, but while the disciples stood around him, he got up and he entered the city. He didn't even flee. He went right back to where he'd been persecuted because he wasn't going to give up his voice. A great example that we see is Peter and John in Acts chapters three through five. I love this passage because all they simply did was heal a lame man as they were in the temple area. Well, when they did that caused an uproar with the religious leaders. So they called Peter and John into the council. They chastised him. What they said in Acts 4, 18 to 21 is when they had summoned them, they commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. Well, we're finding that now. We're told many times that we cannot speak in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said to them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to give heed to you rather than God, you be the judge, for we cannot stop speaking that which we have seen and heard. Counsel, it says, threaten them further and then let them go. So Peter and John were not willing to give up their voice. Even the religious leaders who were going to blackball them and certainly intimidated them and could have thrown them out of the synagogue, 
They were not willing to follow them rather than following God because they knew, as we do, that our first priority is to honoring God, worshiping Him, and honoring Him in all we do. I think these examples are so important because basically Christians may see standing up against authority as something wrong. We're taught to respect authority. We don't riot. We don't do these things that we see happening in the world. We obey authority and respect authority according to Romans 13. However, there is a line that Christians don't cross. So as we're reading these examples, we see Paul standing up for himself, Peter and John standing up for themselves and for their right to preach the name of Jesus. And as you see them stand up, what is notable is they reply with respect. They don't back down. They don't change their stand, but they don't scream. They don't use foul language. They don't burn anything down. There's no cars burning in the parking lot. What they do is respectful, and they just say straight out, Here's what we have to do. Judge for yourselves whether it's right for us to obey you or to obey God. But for us, we will obey the Lord. It's a kind of a model for us to just know that you can stand up and it's the right thing to do. Well, as I said, there will oftentimes be consequences to when we stand up for truth in our culture or for Jesus Christ. And we know there was with John and Peter in this situation. As we go on to Acts chapter 5, we find out that they continued preaching and doing signs and wonders. So the Sanhedrin called them and jailed them for what they were doing, but they wouldn't stop speaking. That's when the council again said to them, we gave you strict orders not to continue teaching in this name, and yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and intended to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than man. And we must. It's not our decision as to what we follow or not. It's the word of God that we follow. And we must obey God rather than men. And it said that they were then flogged, forbidden to speak, but they continued to speak the truth of God, even though they'd been jailed and flogged. And then Jeremiah in the Old Testament, he's a great example of someone who consistently spoke the truth of the word of God. Nobody liked him. He was known as the weeping prophet because he was always giving the negative reports of what was going to happen. But it tells us in Jeremiah 37, 15 to 17, the officials were angry at Jeremiah and they beat him and they put him in jail in the house of Jonathan the scribe, where they had made into a prison. For Jeremiah had come into the dungeon, that is the vaulted cell, and Jeremiah stayed there for many days. Now King Zedekiah sent and took him out. In his palace, the king secretly asked him and said, Is there a word from the Lord? And Jeremiah said, There is. And then he said, You will be given into the hand of the king of Babylon. Now that's amazing because here he's been jailed, he's been beaten, and it's happened many times before. And then the king brings him out, and it's kind of like the king's going to give him some favor. Just speak to me what what I want to hear, and I'll give you a favor. And Jeremiah said, Yep, I'm going to speak to you what I hear. And then he told him what was going to happen that was bad. He was willing to continue to speak God's voice, to let his voice be heard on truth, not be intimidated, not be frightened away, but to do the right thing. Because we cannot obey men, we must obey God. What's interesting in each of these cases is that these representatives of God were in a position where they were being flogged. They were being imprisoned. We have not seen something like that in our country. But what's so important is we've seen a sliding 
into worse and worse consequences for speaking your mind, for peacefully speaking your opinion. We don't want to see this slide any further. If we had just spoken up when people just gave us disapproving looks, maybe that would have been the time to do that. Maybe we could have stopped some of this slide. But right now we do see people losing jobs, losing livelihoods. They're trying to ruin people based on their opinions. So if we don't stand up now, when will we stand up? Is there any upside to this? Is there a bright side that we can look at where we're maybe actually waking up to something? I'm hearing people talk about all different kinds of things like parents now are involved in their kids' education. They're seeing what their kids are being taught and what they're learning, and they're not really happy about it. So more and more parents are talking about getting involved in the school system and in what their kids are taught. More and more people are homeschooling because of the situations we're in with COVID. And that's causing them to have a better relationship with their children, educating them on Christian principles. You see, our public schools are not designed with Christian principles. So when our kids are in school all day, hearing things that have been designed by other people to give our children a particular political bent and an anti-God bent, It's hard for us to turn that around, but we're seeing parents now who are desiring to really make a Christian impact in their kids' lives because they didn't realize how bad it was before. It's a good time for businesses to stand up and start following biblical principles and make changes in their businesses in order to follow the biblical principles instead of the cultural principles. Really, the bottom line, I think, comes from Revelation chapter 3 as Jesus was talking to the church. Church of Sardis, because he said to them, wake up. And I think we're seeing that today. In the church of Sardis in Revelation 3, verse 1, Jesus said, I know your deeds, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. And I think we've been lulled in complacency here in the Christian culture, where it's a Christian nation. Everything's okay. We have freedom of religion. Well, we're waking up and finding out that we're losing that freedom of religion. And the cancer culture has caused us to see that. So we are taking steps now to maintain our constitutional rights, but more importantly, our freedom of religion. And some of it's legal, and some of it's just standing up for the cause and the name of Jesus Christ. Some of it's not backing down. And again, as you have said, it's all done in love. We're to speak the truth in love. Sometimes that means suing someone else. That doesn't mean we don't love them. It means that there's a legal precedent that needs to be set. There's a proper way to handle this. Jesus didn't have any problem in calling out the hypocrites. In Matthew 23, he called the religious leaders hypocrites because they were saying one thing and doing another. And so therefore, there's a time when we need to recognize that our culture and our leaders are hypocrites. They're not doing what they're saying they're doing, or they have a double standard. And we have a responsibility to call them out and then to stand in the right direction. How are we ever going to turn our country around unless we take back our voice, both from a cultural level and from a biblical level? Let me ask you, are you willing to take back your voice? And if so, how do you do it? Well, there's some practical steps we find from Scripture. First is, will you live by your faith, not by fear? 
Oh, that is so important. Second Timothy 1 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and sound mind. And what that means is God is not the author of fear. That comes from Satan. That comes from the world. So we've got to go to God in faith and not in fear. And if fear is starting to creep in, we have to remember that we have the power to overcome fear, the love to cast out fear, and the sound mind to control fear. That's what God has given us to overcome that fear is the power to overcome it, the power to cast it out, and the power to control it. We simply need to go to God and trust him when that fear comes in. Number two, will you confess Jesus before men? Remember in Matthew 10, 32 to 33, Jesus said, if you'll confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny him before my father. Now that doesn't mean you need to go around saying, Jesus told me this and Jesus told me that, and you need to turn to Jesus. No, but it means that when the opportunity to stand up for Jesus, for the Bible, for the gospel, for the truth, we must do that. Because if we don't, Jesus says, if you deny me before men, I'm going to deny you before my father. Number three, will you walk in a manner worthy of Jesus? See, it's one thing to say that you're Christians. It's even another thing to maybe mention the name of Jesus once in a while. But will you walk with him? In Colossians 1, 10 through 12, we're commanded, walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. That means continuous, ongoing in everything we do all day long. Walk in a manner that's worthy of Jesus, that honors him. It goes on to say, to please him in all respects. Well, obviously, if we're going to please Jesus, we're going to do the right thing according to his guidelines. Next, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we're to do good things for the kingdom of God and increase in understanding and knowing who God is. That means we have to be in his word. We have to be in prayer. It goes on in Colossians 1 to say, strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Now think of that, joyously giving thanks. First Thessalonians 5 says that we're to give thanks in everything. So if we're persecuted, if we lose our jobs, if we're slandered, if people ridicule us, we are to give thanks to God. Think about everything that the apostles went through. Think about what Jesus went through for us. They never apologized. They never backed down. They always let their voice be heard. Will we walk in a manner worthy of Jesus? The fourth step is, will you then live for Jesus? And that means, according to Philippians 1.20, Paul says, according to my earnest expectation and hope, I will not be put to shame in anything but with all boldness, Christ will even now, as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. <laughs> Paul was never going to give up. He was never going to stand down. He was going to make sure that everything he did in life, he lived for Jesus. He spoke for Jesus. He stood for Jesus. And so then that brings us to the fifth point. We talk about Jesus. You know, we're commanded in the Great Commission in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples. Well, we can't make disciples unless we're willing to share our relationship with Jesus Christ, our testimony with Jesus. You know, there's a lot of news channels to watch, but the only one I've ever watched where I've heard people talk about Jesus Christ is Fox News. Now, Fox is being chastigated by a lot of different people for different reasons. 
But you know what? They're willing to call the name of Jesus Christ. Some of their people are, and some of the people who are guests on there are too. They're willing to speak the name of Jesus. Remember in Acts 4.20, Peter and John said, we cannot stop speaking that which we have seen and heard. So will you live by your faith, not fear? Will you confess Jesus before men? Will you walk in a manner worthy of Jesus? Will you live for Jesus in everything you do in your heart? And then finally, we speak the name of Jesus unashamedly in every opportunity you get. Yep, you may have persecution, you may have problems, but you will be honoring God and he will honor you. Thank you for joining us today on Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank. This is a listener-supported show. If you'd like to support this program or contact Debbie Blank, you may do so at P.O. Box 540-003, Omaha, Nebraska, 68154, or visit our website at livingwordministry.org. Please tune in each week at this same time for Living Word Ministries with Debbie Blank.